Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it, and Happy New Year to you and yours. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings today from San Antonio, Texas. I'm Sean Kelly, and this is our final Black and Blue Report of 2014. I think that goes without saying. But um, good news today. Good news is that we're talking about a Pelicans win last night, a winning month of December, and hopefully a third straight win over the San Antonio Spurs for this season. We're going to cover that extensively here today on the podcast. On the Saints side, we'll also look back at Monday when uh, John DeShazer and our digital media crew at NewOrleansSaints.com were in the locker room for kind of that final chat uh, with the several of the Saints players. Of course, we featured head coach Sean Payton for you on Monday, but we really didn't touch upon what some of the players had to say in reflecting upon the uh, 2014 campaign. So we're going to do that too as we uh, wrap up the calendar year here today from San Antonio, where, by the way, it is unseasonable to say the least. I can't remember the last time I was here in the Alamo City and we were going to struggle to get out of the 30s. Um, that deep, cold air has uh, plunged way down into the heart of Texas here. And so um, this is a good day for me to sit in my hotel room here and uh, chat with you about the Pelicans and some Saints on uh, December the 31st. Last night, December 30th, at Smoothie King Center, Pelicans were winners over the Phoenix Suns, 110-106. They halt Phoenix's six-game win streak uh, in the process and the Pelicans improved to a game over 500. And as we mentioned just a moment ago, that win last night guarantees the Pelicans a winning December, which is remarkable when you look at the uh, strength of schedule that the Pelicans have had to run through here over the last uh, 30 days. So um, with that in mind, I think there is some optimism around the team. But we're going to talk to David Wesley about that. It is a Wesley Wednesday. David stops by to talk about last night's game all things Pelicans, and what now lies ahead for New Orleans as they get set not only for San Antonio tonight, but a January schedule that is going to be a bit easier, uh, challenging with some travel, but easier and perhaps a chance for this team to make a bit of a push, put together a win streak of significance, and perhaps 
um, solidify their name in the uh, playoff chase. Certainly a win last night over Phoenix, who's right there with you in that chase, will go, could go a long way with regard to the eighth or maybe even the seventh seed. We'll see how that plays out. All right, so busy show with you. I want to play for you uh, my interview post game last night with Monty Williams. Get Drew Holiday's thoughts on last night's win. Again, David Wesley here on a Wesley Wednesday. And uh, Saints, Saints recap from Monday's locker room with the players and our own John DeShazer and the rest of the media. So a busy show, and uh, we'll wrap things up in style here in 2014 with those elements. Stay with us. We'll get to Coach and Drew next. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... <coughs> Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. This is Pelicans guard Drew Holiday, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. In last night's Pelicans win over the Suns, head coach Monty Williams saw five of his players go for double figures. Ryan Anderson had 19, Anthony Davis had 19, and also recorded a season-high 18 rebounds. And then Tyreek Evans uh, cinched things up in the fourth, finishing with 24 points overall and going 7 of 10 at the free throw line. Drew Holiday was pretty fantastic as well. He had three three-pointers on his way to 21 points and a team-high six assists. As a matter of fact, uh, Drew Holiday now has led the Pelicans in assists 23 times this season. That matches his total from last season that was shortened by injury. So on top of this, uh, I guess it's all uh, on the positive side here for Holiday and the Pelicans. Final score, Pelicans 110, Suns 106. After the ball game, we did get a chance to talk to Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is with us, star of the game, courtside, here after the Pelicans defeat the Suns. Drew, can you hear us okay upstairs? Yeah, I hear y'all. Congratulations, another great home win for you guys. Yeah, man. Um, obviously, they're in our division. Uh, obviously, right now, they're close. In the, in, I mean, when it comes down to it, like last year, they were close to, you know, they had that, uh, close to that eight spot. And uh, just a big win, you know. Last year, I don't think we beat them one time, so uh, it's a good feeling. Well, I tell you what, we talked about it before the game. You guards were going to have your work cut out against Dragic, Bledsoe, Thomas, and Green. That was a tall order, my friend. Yeah, but it's the same way on the other side. I mean, uh, we got we got Austin, we got Tyreek, who, who just had 20. I mean, I think I did all right. Yeah. Uh, Jimmer came in and played well. So uh, we knew it was going to be a battle. Just talking to Eric Bledsoe before the game, he knew it was going to be a battle, and, and that's what it came down to. What was most important, Drew? I mean, if you want to talk about either their fast break ability or their three-point shooting, what did you take away that proved to be key? I think we did okay on the fast breaks, and we did okay on taking uh, threes out. Um, I think that's how they got into the back into the game in the first quarter. 
But uh, I think when it came down to it, we, we just grinded. Uh, no, not too many offensive rebounds and, and made big plays when, when we needed to. Hey, Drew, talk about your work specifically on Bledsoe. You're getting some tough assignments, obviously, in this Western Conference and all over the league at point guard, but you did a great job on it for a good while tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's just a battle. It's a grind, uh, especially over here in the Western Conference. Got a, another big one tomorrow. And, uh, I mean, that's just, that's just what it's about. Uh, the guard play is pretty tough over here. 19 assists. You led the way again with six but as you mentioned, Jimmer helps you out with four off the bench. Seemed like there was some good sharing of the ball tonight. Yeah, man. Um, I think we're at our best when we share the ball. Everybody gets a touch. Um, everybody contributes. And it's just fun that way, you know. Um, it's just fun when, that when the ball has energy and everybody's moving it. All right. Believe it or not, Drew, we're going to go do this home road back-to-back -back thing. I know that you're probably not familiar with that since we've done it about <laughs> two dozen times. Right. All right. So how do you carry over tonight into San Antonio tomorrow? Um, tonight, get good ice, get some good rest, something to eat take care of your body because obviously uh, it's going to be a grinded out game tomorrow. Uh, mentally, we're going to have to be tough. Uh, obviously, they are the Spurs and and on the court, they execute really well. And even though we just played them, it's hard to beat them, I mean, three times in a row. So we're just going to have to grind. Congratulations. It's not only a win tonight, but with a win tonight, you guys have a winning month of December. Not bad. Way to go. Thanks, man. Well, I certainly know that not only Drew Holiday, but head coach Monty Williams was pleased at how his team took care of the ball last night. Only 12 turnovers for the Pelicans against a pesky team like the Phoenix Suns. The Pelicans also uh, lead the NBA in points in the paint at home and did not disappoint with 58 points last night. Some of that had to do with Omer Asha getting going, going 5 of 6 from the floor, and all of that, of course, was inside 5 feet of the rim. So, to say the least, head coach Monty Williams had plenty of positive things to talk about in my post-game visit with him outside the locker room. Really thankful to our fans. Uh, I thought our guys got a ton of energy from um, this city tonight, and, and that's what I've been trying to explain to our fan base since I've been here, you know, to be able to get that many people um, in our arena cheering for our guys down the stretch when we're knocking down buckets, getting stops, and having our people cheer for us. Um, it gives our guys a big boost, and so as, as happy as I am about the numbers winning the game, uh, doing it down the stretch. Um, really proud of the way our fans hung in there with us tonight. It's 10 wins at home, Coach. Yeah. And I guess when you're looking at what you have to do in the West right now, you said a pregame. There's yeah. a premium on winning here. Yeah, you got to make your, your home court a special place. The only way you can do that is to get as many wins as you can. And if you can do it against Western Conference teams, really good teams in the league, which nowadays is the whole league, um, you can make your arena a special place. And, and we know what it feels like to have a packed house and having our fans screaming out defense when we need to stop and going crazy when we knock down shots. Um, it's not just the sixth man, it's sixth, seventh, and eighth man. And um, we can use that every night. Phoenix is good. You had a laundry list of things that you guys yeah. had to take care of tonight. What did you knock off the list in order to win? Well, they had, I think they were seven for 14 from the three-point line at halftime. In the second half, they only made two threes. So that was the thing we talked about at halftime. We got to take away the threes. Our guys did that. Uh, there was a big time focus there. And then we rebounded. You know, AD had 18 rebounds. We out rebound them by 11. Uh, we got to the free throw line 29 times. So when we get to the line like that, we can set our defense. And um, even though they scored 106 points, I thought their shots were tough. You know, they made some shots in the first half that you know you just tip your hat to them they were tough shots 
in the second half, I thought it was a bit tougher. But they're so good at going to the rim, um, sometimes it's just hard to stop. Coach, were you concerned that those missed free throws might hurt you in the end? Yeah, a little bit. Um, but we made it when, we count, when it counted. Um, Tyreek stepped up, Jimmer stepped up, made free throws down the stretch. But when you're playing up and down like that, it gets into your legs. Uh, thankfully, <laughs> with young guys, it probably doesn't bother us as much. Coach, you got big games from your big players. Yeah. What do you want to say about your role players tonight? Well, I thought Jimmer, um, for him to come into the game and contribute the way that he did, I thought his four assists were big for us. He had a couple of shots he could have taken, and he didn't take them. Dante and Austin defensively were really good. I thought the steal that Dante got in the post, uh, Austin was fighting his tail off to front the post, and Dante came from the weak side and stole the ball. Those contributions. They may not get you paid in the summertime, but they get you wins, and for us, we value that. All right, Pelicans and Spurs tonight, 6 o'clock tip-off. We'll touch upon that again a little bit later. Up next, we'll continue our conversation about the Pels with our own David Wesley. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Guess what day it is. Hump day! Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We're going to continue our conversation about last night's big win at home over the Phoenix Suns and all things Pelicans like we do on Wednesday. It is a Wesley Wednesday. And with that, David Wesley joins us here on New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's, by the way. Happy New Year's and Happy New Year's to all you listeners out there. I think it's been a, a pretty good 2014 uh, in a lot of ways. And let's just say this. I think we're ending 2014 in a pretty good way for the Pelicans right now. I'm starting to sense optimism around the Pelicans as we get set for January. Well, you know what, I, what I've noticed about the Pelicans is they, they really bounce back well after really bad losses. They really show up and play. It's almost like, you know, you, you kind of got that burr in there and, and they're a little, you know, mad and, and they go out there and they really perform well. What I'm curious to know is how they handle success, how they handle, you know, guys scoring a lot, having fun, and then that next night being able to channel that into another win. So coming off the Phoenix win, which was an excellent win, that team had won six in a row. Uh, a lot of those wins for, for Phoenix were on the road. So they were looking to come in and make it seven. The Pelicans did a great job of taking care of business at home once again, where they're playing exceptionally well. Can they come out against a team they've already beat twice after a win at home and win a road game and, and get two games over 500? Yeah, that'd be huge. We're going to talk about San Antonio in just a minute. Let's go back to last night uh, for a moment. 
Um, you allow 106, but you still win, and you beat a team that regularly scores 110, 111, 112. So I'm not so worried about that number. But as you looked at the game last night, what was probably the – give me the most important thing. Well, I, I think, you know, they didn't get them to turn the ball over. Uh, but they, they did the little things, which was they didn't have the lulls in scoring that, that they tend to have. When you, when you play against a team like Phoenix, they're going to score, and they finished with 106. Uh, there were times in this season that the Pelicans didn't score with a team that can score. So I thought the fact that they shared the basketball, they got excellent minutes, again, out of, out of guys coming off the bench. Another guy who hasn't had a whole lot of time, Jimmer, uh, played very solid minutes uh, each and every night. You have to have those guys that, that show up. Um, but I thought they scored well. I thought that, it, you know, there wasn't a time where you thought, oh, here we go, five minutes and they've scored two points. Um, every time Phoenix made a run, they were able to absorb that. Uh, I think Phoenix went on a 10-2 run or something like that. They absorbed it and got right back to business. So, I, I, you know, those are good signs of, of a team uh, knowing how to, to, to play through a game, play through the rough patch, and still get a win. Good points. Uh, last night's win also guarantees you a winning December. And when you look at the schedule that the Pelicans went through this, this December, um, that's pretty remarkable, at least in my eyes. And you do it basically without Eric Gordon in your lineup. Um, and at 16 and 15, as you mentioned, may, maybe these guys are in a position now to make a push when the schedule turns in January. Well, you, you look at their record, 16 and 15, and, and you don't, and you're thinking, oh, you know, they're still, you know, waffling around 500. But, again, fourth hardest schedule to this point. Uh, the rest of their games, their schedule falls into the teens, this 15 or 16 range of hard. So they have weathered the storm. And without Eric Gordon, which I, I really think is a big part of this team, I'm optimi optimistic about, you know, what's, what's to come. Again, they have to – play more consistent and, and those kind of things. But, you know, I see, you know, winning December, good. Going to January, ready to go, and, and, and really just start lighting this league up. All right, so you mentioned inconsistency, which was probably the one thing that needs to turn more quickly than others with this team. So let's focus then on what's right about this team. Um, if you want to start with the slam dunk that is Anthony Davis, feel free, David. But other than that, tell me what's right with this team. I think uh, the things that they do right, they don't turn the ball over. So you realize they're going to get shot opportunities. They had 12 last night. That, that's a great number to, to live with. Good rebounding team, really good with points in the paint. They have drivers. They have shooters. Uh, haven't shot it as consistent as I'm sure they'd like to, but uh, they have that capability. And for me, a really big, big positive is when you look at this team, when they are playing together and playing well, they can play with anybody in this league. That's my opinion. If, if they are playing together and, and playing well, they can play with just about anybody. So those are all the positives. I, I think, uh, you know, and then I won't touch the Anthony Davis thing, but he, there's not a matchup for him. And each and every night he kind of proves that there's really not a matchup for him. Uh, and the more they lean on him, the more this team learns to lean on him, I think this success will even go up a little bit higher.
um, Eric Gordon is is trying to come back, and, and it may be as soon as maybe late next week. I, th that's just me speaking. Um, but in what I'm watching in him on the floor and trying to get ready and all that, that's, that's just a pretty good guess on my part, I think. If he comes back, then you move Tyreek back to the three. Does that solve the problem that you have right now that Luke Babbitt and Dante Cunningham aren't scorers for you? I don't, I don't know that it solves the problem. Uh, what it, to me, what it does is it, it shuffles your lineup, mm -hmm. and that can cause problems. Eric Gordon trying to, to get back in the fold. Tyreek Evans now moving to another position. How does that dynamic work? I think they've gotten to a little bit of a rhythm, and rhythm is big in an NBA season. They're in a rhythm. They know they're starting to figure out kind of the rotation. People are starting to kind of settle in. Whoa, now we bring in another guy. And this is not a bad thing, but I think they have to go through that same rhythm of trying to find what those rotations are, who's going to take the shots. Uh, when you put Eric Gordon into the lineup, he can get you 20. Well, when he goes out and gets 20 that night, that means somebody else isn't. Is that okay with them? Do they play with it? Do, mindset, hey, tonight wasn't my night, and they move on. This is a young team. You don't know how those things, uh, you know, play out. You know, everybody playing for contracts. I mean, it's, it, could get, it could get kind of funny, and it could put a bump in the road. So uh, we'll see how that, that goes, and, I, and I'm, I agree with you. You watch him out there, he's taking bumps, he's taking shots, uh, he's fighting through screens and, and, and doing little thing, the little things to get back, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him by, by next week. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and I think only you as a former player could see it that way with regard to going back to the rhythm piece of it or the let's make sure that everybody's still getting what they need to get. Yeah, no, nobody wants to talk about that, right. but it's there. It, it, it absolutely is there, and, and especially – when you're talking about younger teams, you know, there's contracts out there, there's, there's families and friends and everybody, you know, in your ear talking about what you can and, and you should be and, and all that kind of stuff. You got to block all that out. And that's why I give a ton of credit to the Miami Heat when you put those three all-stars together. And Chris Bosh took nothing but flack for four years. Mm -hmm. uh, he still doesn't have it. Whoa, 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 slow down. Somebody has to take a back seat, and he did, and he did it willingly and got two championships out of it. Okay. Um, the only thing I'll throw out on all this is that the season did start with Eric Gordon in the fold, and it worked pretty well. So maybe it, maybe it will go quickly. Uh, hopefully it will. But if you remember, in the beginning of the season, Eric struggled. Just when Eric started getting right, the Pelicans won a few games, he was playing well, and then he was out. Right. Okay. So there wasn't really that, you know, I guess culmination of, of everybody playing to their, to their ability and seeing how that went. So Eric wasn't getting 20. He's capable of it, but he wasn't getting 20, and he was shooting the ball bad, and he was thinking and all that kind of stuff. Then he started playing well, and it was kind of everybody around, you know, 15. So we'll see. All right, yeah. As they say in your line of work, stay tuned. Yes. yes. <laughs> David Wesley here with us in San Antonio, where tonight the Pelicans will wrap up the month of December, wrap up the calendar year, and hopefully wrap up another win against the Spurs. Um, this is interesting. First of all, um, you'll be two games over 500 if you win tonight. You already mentioned that. 
the, the, December, the month of December will be a resounding success, I think, in both of our eyes. And you'll do something that no other team in this franchise's history has done, and that is beat these guys three consecutive times in a regular season. You've already done it twice. Um, not so easily done here at the AT&T Center, but I'm curious to see what San Antonio does here on the second night of a back-to-back, having lost now six of their last eight. Well, I, I think... I think everybody who watches the Spurs, everybody that follows them or has to play them next, always wonder what will Popovich do next. And he could rest guys or he could start at some point feeling that pressure, we need to win. And certainly you don't want a team to feel like they have your number. I could see him trying to play guys a little bit more. They're coming off a loss uh, against uh, Memphis. so. You know, you, you just never know, but, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident that the Pelicans can come in here and do it for a third time if they come in with that approach uh, like they did the first two games, like they did last night. All right, and, again, this goes all the way back. This is, I guess, what they call a callback in stand-up comedy, which we've been accused of before. Oh. Um, it goes back to what you said earlier. How will this team do um, after success being last night? Because we haven't yet seen that proven. Right, I, you know, I, I – at some point, you feel like you're going to learn. Some point, you feel like um, you get you got a breakthrough, and they've had a they've had a, quite a few breakthroughs this year where they've beat teams they haven't beaten in a long time. They beat teams on the road that they haven't beaten in a long time. So, uh, you know, I just hope they don't get comfortable thinking, "Oh, we got this team." They they don't. This is the San Antonio Spurs. Each and every time they've started, well, both games they started two different lineups, but the Pelicans were able to turn them over. The difference in turnovers was eight the first game, nine the second game. The difference in points was a large number. The last time they played them, they only gave them one offensive rebound. Mm -hmm. There were good things that they did that they cannot overlook. They have to come out and make those things happen in order to get a win tonight. All right. So San Antonio tonight, Houston on Friday night. We promise the schedule will get better for the Pelicans uh, as we turn into the new year. That's for sure. Thanks again. Have a great call tonight with uh, Joel. And uh, hopefully the Pelicans are two games over 500 when we uh, reconvene on next Wednesday. Thanks a whole lot. I, I, I believe they will be, and we'll start off the new year 2 over. All right. Very nice. Uh, let's see. Tonight is a special tip-off time. Don't forget, 6 o'clock Central from the AT&T Center here on New Year's Eve. When we come back, we're going to revisit some of the Saints locker room stuff from Monday, and we'll do that next. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. 
We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report as we continue from San Antonio, Texas today. Let's get you a little Saints football uh, here on this Wednesday, New Year's Eve. Take you back to Monday and um, the open locker room to wrap up the uh, season pretty much. Um, Of course, we heard from head coach Sean Payton with an extensive press conference on Monday, uh, late morning, early afternoon. But on Monday morning, after the uh, team had their final, I guess, meeting of the uh, 2014 season, there was open open locker room as some of the guys cleaned out some of their stuff from the season uh, at their lockers. Uh, And with that, there were some reflective comments made by several of the Saints players, a couple of which that we'd like to share with you here just in case you may have missed them. Of course, we'll start all things with number nine. Drew Brees was in the locker room and uh, spoke on a couple of matters with the media. I don't expect a lot. I mean, I think we've always been on the, the lower end of those. You know, I mean, I think we have our core group here, and, and we just kind of build in pieces around it. But, um, I mean, every year there's turnover, you know, 20 to 30 percent. And, um, you know, that's just kind of the way the league is. How do you, how do you think Sean will <coughs> react to this? You know him pretty well, the way, the way everything went down this year. Do you think he'll, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, listen, if, if it's, I mean, uh, this is not the performance, you know, the record that we expected, that we hoped for. It's not something that's going to keep any of us around <laughs> very long. Um, so there's obviously things that need to be fixed. They will be fixed. Very confident in um, Sean's ability to kind of feel the pulse and exactly where thing, where the changes need to be made. Um, um, and, and, and I'm not talking about from a personnel standpoint. I'm just talking about just in our approach and our preparation and, you know, every facet of, you know, what it takes to, to put together a, a winning environment and a winning team. Drew, One more question, guys. How close do you feel like you guys are to that winning environment, winning team? Oh, listen, the difference between being, the difference between us winning legitimately 11 games this year versus seven was this much. You know, it's one play in the Cleveland game. It's one play in the Detroit game. It's, you know, one play in the uh, Baltimore game. It's one play in the Atlanta game. I mean, it's, it's, it comes down to, you know, literally one play at times, and it's the difference between being a playoff team and not. On Sunday, Drew Brees spoke glowingly of Marcus Colston, who hooked up with Brees again for another touchdown strike in that comeback win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We don't normally hear from Marcus. He is the quiet type, uh, but when he does speak, it is usually worthwhile. And so here's a little bit of Marcus Colston from Monday's availability. Um, definitely not according to plan. Um, you know, on all accounts, you know, personally, it's, it's been a, a disappointing year. Um, and then obviously, we haven't had the success as a team, you know, that we were hoping to have. But, you know, you, you have years like this. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. But, you know, in a position to watch the playoffs instead of participate. Yeah, I know you don't go into the season wondering when it's my last time with this football team. I'm I'm just my plan is to get away. Um, you know, been grinding at this since since March or April and um, you know, obviously a day is not long enough to uh, to process it all. So, you know, I, I fully plan on getting away and you know, spending time with my family and um, you know, addressing the business side when it's time. This is where you want to be, I imagine, huh? This is where you've always been. Yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously. Obviously, um, you don't have the success 
um, build the relationships that, that I have here and, and want to walk away from that. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see uh, we'll see where the chips fall and, um, you know, when it's time that decision will be made. I would imagine that the relationship that you built with Sean in the offense, especially with Drew, plays heavily in your decision whether to take a pay cut and come back here or uh, whether you know, decide to go someplace else. The relationships you have here, especially with Drew, that play heavily? Yeah, I mean, at, at the receiver position, you, you're kind of dependent on, um, you know, all the pieces around you, even more so than in some other positions. So, you know, obviously, you know, you're, you're playing with a first battle Hall of Fame quarterback, um, you know, a, a head coach that, that's probably on his way there. And, um, you know, all, all of the other relationships that I formed here in this locker room, um, you know, makes you want to be here. And we certainly cannot leave the defensive side of the football out of the equation. Um, there have been a lot of things written, spoken about with regard to the Saints defense. Uh, one of the guys that seems to kind of have it all figured out, or at least is a good mouthpiece for the Saints defense, is one of their captains, and that makes total sense. Middle linebacker Curtis Lofton. Tons of ups, uh, but more downs. Um, you know, disappointing. You know, we don't have those kind of years around here. You've been around a, a while, usually when expectations aren't met, there's changes. You expect any changes? <laughs> Um, I think that when you don't go and execute the way you want to and have the year that you, I think that changes are coming, but, you know, I'm not going to speculate what changes are going to happen, but I think changes will definitely happen. You've been one of Rob Bryan's biggest defenders. Day after the season's over, you still feel that way? Yeah, I mean, everything I said, I don't, I, I don't want to play for another defense coordinator. I think Rob's done a, you know, a great job and, you know, as players, as a defense coordinator, you can call the perfect call day in and day out. If the players don't go out and execute, you know, it looks bad on you, and that's what it was this year. So, you know, it's not Rob's fault. It's uh, these guys in this locker room's fault. You said it's been a roller coaster year, and you guys don't have those seasons. Can you put your finger on anything as to why maybe this year you did have that roller coaster season? Nah, I can't. How tough is a season like this emotionally? I mean, as you're going through it, do you even notice how it is, or, or does it kind of collectively just fall down on you at the end? I think that, uh, you know, throughout the year, that as bad as everything was going, I think that um, we still had a chance, still had a chance to get in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I feel like the once we lost to Atlanta, the reality of everything just hit everybody and that we wasn't going to the postseason. And, you know, it's just disappointing, it's frustrating, but, uh, you know, um, we finished out Tampa with the win, and hopefully that momentum rolls over into 2015. Curtis, what do you think you guys learned this year? I mean, it's tough to say right now. I think that uh, once I have a few days away to really, you know, think about everything, I think that I'll probably pick something up. Curtis, do you think that there needs to be uh, a lot of changes here? Do you expect that as a player? Or? I mean, I don't... I don't I don't think there needs to be a lot of changes, but I mean, when you have a season like we had, there, there probably will be changes. So, the speculating what's going to be changed, I don't know. How confident are you that things, uh, that momentum from the Tampa win, could carry over? Well, I think anytime you finish something on a good note, then hopefully that it rolls over. But at the same time, um, there's a lot of work that goes into in the off season, OTAs, mini camp, training camps. So. We put together the right amount of work, then hopefully we get the outcome we want next year. All right, so there'll be a little bit of a break here for the Saints. Of course, uh, the off-season evaluation is really probably fully underway now for Mickey Loomis, Sean Payton, 
and all in the uh, football operations department. But as far as the players go, they get a little bit of a breather here before uh, getting the calendar from Sean Payton. That calendar, of course, will not only feature uh, the start of training camp, but working backwards, the various OTAs, mini camps, uh, and off-season conditioning program. All that will, of course, be affected by uh, the schedule surrounding the Combine, Senior Bowl, and Draft, plus free agency period for the football operations staff. So you can imagine that what we used to think is kind of a quiet off-season, as you full well know, is no longer that way in the NFL and certainly won't be with the Saints. And we'll keep you updated all the way through it, that's for sure. Let's wrap up today's uh, Black and Blue Report. Let's wrap up 2014 after this next quick break here in San Antonio. Ha-ha! <laughs> you hear that? Yeah, that's the sound of Mardi Gras, baby. Throw me something! Ha-ha! <laughs> Just something about the tradition of it all. Even though Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew scratch off from the lottery, you could be feeling like a king with up to $3,000 or even $12,000 in your back pocket. Stop and pick up Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew today. Now that's better than the good beads, baby. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Friday, January 2nd at 7 p.m. when the Houston Rockets come to town. The first 8,000 fans receive a free Pelicans jersey cooking apron. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with music, inflatable games for the kids, appearances by Pierre the Pelican, and a whole bunch more. Tickets start as low as $19. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. A couple of things before we get out of here on the Black and Blue Report today. First of all, thank you. Thank you all very much, not only for listening today, but all throughout 2014. We kind of got our legs under us a little bit, finally, with the Black and Blue Report, uh, and it all really got going back in West Virginia at the Greenbrier when we were able to bring you a lot of great stuff from a long, long way away and continue through the football season and uh, here now in the basketball season as well. We can't thank our guests enough. Um, because you all are listening, folks are wanting to come and be a part of our show. And so not only do we get you know all the great access to Saints and Pelicans players and coaches, but those that cover our games uh, on a national basis. So we want to thank all who have taken the time to uh, visit with us here, whether it be from Studio B or San Antonio, Texas, or the Greenbrier or Chicago or wherever this year. It's been a lot of fun, and we've certainly enjoyed it. Our thanks to Daniel Salerson. He's the backbone of this Black and Blue Report podcast. You've heard him guest host on a number of occasions, but every day he's in our studio helping us get the right guests and put the whole thing together, so we can't thank him enough. Special thanks to David Wesley, too, our guest today here on a Wesley Wednesday. Hopefully we'll be talking about more Pelicans wins when we come back to you next week. That's right. We're off tomorrow and Friday, and we'll be back with you on Monday. Again, no appointment radio. Yours on weekdays, usually afternoon central, and uh, I know that you all are consuming it in a variety of ways. Still free on iTunes. Free, of course, on the uh, desktop at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com, and of course, on both teams' mobile apps. If you want to catch the ball game tonight on television or radio, it's yours at 6 Central. Again, early start time because of New Year's Eve. 6 Central, Pelicans at the Spurs, hoping for a big win tonight 
before we head back home and ring in 2015. So it should be a lot of fun. We'll look for you on the radio tonight. Otherwise, I'll see you next week right here on the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while, and Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.